Hello, you're listening to a sermon provided by the First Presbyterian Church of Mayopac. We worship on Sundays at 10 a.m., and you can watch us live either on Facebook or YouTube. And if you're in the area, there's always a seat saved for you. We hope that this message encourages you to continue growing in humility and faith. Thanks for listening. Our second scripture lesson for today, if you would like to follow along as well, whether in your pew Bible or in your bulletin, comes to us from Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 8, verses 12 to 17. Let us listen now to God's holy word. So then, brothers and sisters, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received a spirit of adoption." When we cry, Abba, Father, it is that very Spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If in fact we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Following our celebration last week of Pentecost and the church's birth, we arrive this morning at something called Trinity Sunday, which reminds us how all of this was made possible. Or I guess it would be more appropriate to say, who made this all possible? That being the Godhead, three in one, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. This question of the Trinity or this trying to understand who the Trinity is, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, has bounced around the minds of theologians and philosophers throughout the ages. And to this day, the best distilled answer you can probably get is that it's a mystery, a holy mystery. Yet we affirm in our worship that there is one God, and we understand this God as three simultaneous expressions of the divine encapsulated into one being. Though today is Trinity Sunday, our focus today is not on this doctrinal history or philosophy of trying to understand the Trinity, and instead our focus for today is on the relational aspect, which for us in our world today sheds a much-needed light 
on how we are to conduct ourselves as the people of God. In our understanding or our attempting to model the Trinity and its relationships, we might say that it is the first expression of communal living we find in Holy Scripture. From the beginning, once again, from Genesis, we see this play between God and the Spirit, which hovered over the formless void of creation. And while Jesus doesn't make his appearance until later in the New Testament, we do hear throughout the Old Testament the one who is the advocate, the one who prays for us, the one who will come to show us the pathway of life. This close-knit divine community relies on its sure understanding of knowing who each person is. It relies on an understanding of identity, knowing, knowing who we are, for instance, as people created in the image of God. Perhaps then, like the members of the Trinity, if we can understand who we are in the eyes of God, free from the judgments of others or judgments we feel are being put on us, we might learn to live into the freedom of knowing that we are loved in the eyes of God. We might be able to live freely knowing we are loved and free to love. Our freedom to know who we are and our freedom to love is grounded on this first divine relationship. God provides the framework, right? God provides the framework found in the laws of the word. But if you're a parent or a teacher or if someone who's ever babysitted kids or even adults, you know that laws and rules and principles are not enough to keep people doing what they're supposed to do. It often takes action. And in this case, we find that in order to free us from the shackles of fear and death, that is where Christ enters into the picture and goes to the cross to die for us, liberating our hearts from the darkness that tries to grip and take hold of us. And after his death on the cross, we find a breath, the breath of the Holy Spirit, which brings new life, a life that brought Christ out of the empty tomb a life that continues to affirm those of us today that we are heirs of God's promises and life and love. How are you? How are we living into this transformational relationship we find in the fellowship of the triune God?
because transformation is pivotal. It's key if we are to understand better our relationship to God, to understand ourselves, to understand one another. This kind of transformation is necessary. Transformation is critical because it opens up then the innumerable possibilities that await us. But if we aren't paying attention, things begin to go awry. And we still may change, we still may transform, but not for the better. Because if our understanding of who we are isn't founded on this liberating ideal of God's love, and instead founded on something else, we'll find that our understanding of self begins to erode. We'll find that our core is not being founded on God, but instead on metrics that leave us feeling empty and unsatisfied. And what metrics am I talking about? Well, I'm talking about things like your salary, judging whether your self-worth is valued on how much money you make, whether it's founded on how many followers you have on social media. Or perhaps we find that then our understanding of self is based on how attractive we think we are, standards set by others, and so on. It's a slippery path and one that does not live into what God desires for us, which is to live freely from those kinds of pressures. Our lives are meant to be different. We aren't called to follow the metrics of success that appear to work for others. Because if we genuinely value making a difference in the world, a difference within ourselves, that takes the kind of spiritual work we find in our reading for today. In the 13th verse, we're reminded of this, where Paul writes, For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you will put to death the deeds of the body and you will live. The Greek here is forceful enough to indicate that change takes work. That if we truly want to be called children of God, if we truly want to set our lives on a path where we can live freely in the love and the life of God and to help others along the way, then something needs to happen. You can't get by twiddling your thumbs on this one. You must, we must live according to the Spirit of God, which binds us not only to our neighbor, but to the Godhead three in one, which yearns for our life 
to be free from empty pursuits and judgments from others. That's something else that comes up in today's passage. This thing about living as others do in the world and judgments they throw your way. And oftentimes we find that many of these judgments we feel are based on lies. Lies that are told every day that go unchallenged. Lies that say if we don't make enough, then we failed. Lies that say those who've made mistakes when it comes to their life choices deserve what consequences come their way. That's a lie. Lies that tell those who work either low-paying jobs or go into nonprofit work or teach or into the field of medicine or any other kind of profession that focuses on loving their neighbor that they shouldn't complain about how they are treated And if the system takes advantage of them, then so be it. You chose to go into a helping profession. Today we're asked to challenge these lies. Lies that aim at degrading others at the sake of trying to bolster up those who want to make themselves feel important. We're asked to challenge these lies that aim at degrading others so that we can build one another up instead, since we know we are glorified with Christ. We all walk the path of life at varying speeds. Some of us will take a path as the crow flies. Others of us will meander, or even go the opposite direction. Some of us will try to manipulate fellow travelers, while again, others will step in and set them free. On this Trinity Sunday, how do you see yourself as being called and transformed by this divine relationship of the Godhead? How do you envision their work being continued through you? For as God has framed the workings of the world, Christ has made the ultimate sacrifice to turn it into a reality, and the Spirit of God summons all those who yearn for something more to come and follow. So let us be travelers who find freedom in this law of love that came at a great sacrifice that is not founded on others' expectations for us, but founded on the things that come from the heart of God. And may we then be for others that ray of light, that liberates the tired and weary soul from their time of trouble. Amen. Thanks again for listening, and we will hold you in prayer as we head into a new week. 
If you'd like to learn more about our church and ministry, or if you'd like to learn how you can support us, you can visit our website at mayopacchurch.org. Until next week, God bless.